or the alternate title is Squirrels Like Nuts. <laughs> Squirrels Like Nuts. Now we've um, changed the shape just a little bit of the chairs so that everybody could see the projection screen. So if you have any problems seeing it, you know, you know, just move your chair and we'll, you know, if it doesn't work out, we'll adjust it for next time. So let's turn to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. The Bible says that we are lights of the world. Um, as you know, a light can be really bright and shining or it can become dim. A light can become distracting. Uh, a light can, like a strobe light, can flash and make you want to, you know, cover your eyes and get away from it. Um, a lights can be so, so offensive that people turn away. And our lights can be the same way. They can become dim, distracting. They can, our light can become um, distracting in a way that people turn away from us. And in, in doing that, they turn away from the Lord. And we don't want that to happen. One way that our light can become offensive offensive to people is if we become squirrely and by squirrely I mean you know we're off base we're not doing things right according to scripture uh, we're unsound in our doctrine and as you all know anybody that lives around squirrels squirrels like nuts we have squirrels at our house and they get nuts and they dig up in our potted plants and bury the nut for later in the year they dig in the yard they like nuts so when we become squirrely, we have a tendency to be drawn to spiritual nuts. In other words, we look to people uh, as our leaders who are not sound in their doctrine. And we don't want to do that. And by doctrine, I mean what we believe. What are our core beliefs? And those should all be from the Bible. They shouldn't be from somebody's revelation or somebody's dream or somebody's vision. They should only come from the Bible. So in 2 Timothy 4... The third verse, <clears throat> 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, it says, "For the this is in the NIV, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And this has been going on since the beginning of time and it's going on now um, and many leaders have found that people do not want to put up with sound doctrine so they decide to change what they're teaching so that they can attract a crowd and they're teaching things that aren't really scriptural just so they can get more people and they feel like getting more people is more important than teaching the Word of God and the Bible says that 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 will happen that men won't put up with sound doctrine but we need to make sure that we're sticking with sound doctrine. In 1 Timothy 4, let's turn there. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So that's a really good scripture. If we watch our life and our doctrine the people around us are more likely to get saved. If we don't watch our life and our doctrine, in other words, if we get squirrely, people around us are much less likely to get saved, and we don't want that to happen, do we? <clears throat> we have to govern our spiritual lives by the Bible. 
not by some trend or spiritual guru or some new book that's come out. And when I'm talking about when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about looking at people and being fault-finding or critical or, or nitpicking, you know, what people are doing, but I'm talking about um, judging spiritual things, having some kind of spiritual discernment that comes from the Bible. Let's turn to Ephesians 4. <clears throat> Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 14 says, it's talking about the ministry gifts, the, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, teacher, the apostle, are given to the, to the body of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. See, the Bible talks about there's different winds of doctrine that come. I'm sure that a lot of you have noticed that. There's different winds and different things that come along that aren't based on the Bible, but they can be the new thing at that time. And we need to stay away from that. And that the Bible says that's why God gives the church the ministry gifts to help guide and direct us in those things. It also talks about the trickery of men. You know, men can trick you into believing false doctrine. And they can be very crafty and cunning in doing that. So we have to have spiritual discernment, and we have to make sure that we're not gullible. In other words, when somebody says something or somebody who's prominent says something or somebody who has a good reputation says something, we just can't just, just take it in and believe everything that people say. <clears throat> um, an example of this, a recent example is in 2008, there was a revival in Lakeland, Florida. And um, the charismatic Christian world, I won't say as a whole, but a large, large number of people just went nuts over it. And it wasn't based on the Bible. And it was based on, it was, the uh, thing was centered on one man. And it involved unscriptural phenomenon, such as a female angel talking to him. And um, it wasn't centered on the Lord, it was centered on a man. And so we need to watch out for stuff like that. That's something that just happened recently. We need to watch out for things that are called revival that don't have repentance as a focus. Or things that, you know, we hear, oh my gosh, you got to go to this revival. There's feathers falling from the ceiling. There's, they, they're coming from angels. You know, <clears throat> stop and think. You know, that's just nuts. But people just swallow it whole and they're so excited about it we need to be careful of things like that you know if somebody tells you that you know certain person ministers and there's gold dust all over the floor well you just need to turn around and walk the other way um, those things are important so I'm going to give you a whole ton of things that I've seen uh, it's, a, it's a small list of things but it seems like a large list of things that I've seen that I want you to be very careful of and stay away from, okay? Uh, beware of church movements built on someone's book and not the Bible. That's very important. And that is uh, the reason I'm saying these things is because these things happen over and over and over and over again, and Christians just swallow it whole without even thinking. So if somebody tells you that their church is doing such and such a book, and, you know, it's just the best thing ever, be watchful. Now, if, if they're doing a 
marriage seminar and they're using someone's book or they're doing a financial seminar and they're using someone's book, that's one thing. But if they're changing the whole you know, direction of their church because this book has been written, because this person has had this revelation, the only book you need to be you know, looking at in reference to that is the Word of God. God does give people insight. God does give people in, uh, revelation, but it always goes along with the Bible. Uh, watch out for what you would call a prima donna spiritual leader, someone who seems to glow in the dark, um, leaders that need the drum rolls when they come out. And you might think, you know, this could never happen. It does. It does, okay? So I'm just saying these things so you can be on your guard. <clears throat> um, when they enter the room, you know, the lights flash and there's, you know, spotlights and there's this, they have special music like, like Elvis had, you know. And what it is to them is it's something that's just fulfilling their own ego. It, they're not there to minister to people. Be very watchful of people who are always seeing into the spirit, knowing things in the spirit, hearing things, talking about angels and demons, or saying, the Lord told me. If you look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, he wasn't saying these things. And he heard... He heard from the Lord more than any of us have ever, ever have or ever will. And he, was, he didn't talk like that. So people who are always hearing, seeing things, they're either imagining things or they are seeing things aren't, that aren't from the Lord. Or sometimes people just get in a culture where that's the thing to say. You know, an idea pops in their head and they decide, well, that came from the Lord, you know. And we have to be careful of that. If uh, if you think that you've heard something from the Lord, the best thing you can do a lot of times is keep your mouth shut. That's the best thing you can do, and, and deal with it between you and the Lord. Don't tell everybody what you think the Lord told you. Don't be fooled by hype disguised as the anointing of God. Um, don't follow a personality. You need to know, is the attention on the Lord and the gospel message, or is it on the person or some kind of spiritual phenomenon? Stay away from people who say that they have a prophetic ministry or who call themselves prophets, bishops, apostles, or ministers, are, are ministries that the focus is on the prophetic. Um, if I put up a website today and, and I said, Prophetess Diana, <laughs> you need to never look at that again. If I'm a prophet, if I have that kind of character that it requires to be a prophet, the last thing I'm going to do is call myself a prophet. I'm going to be humble. And prophets, true prophets, aren't prophesying all the time. They're not talking about what they're, you know, seeing or hearing all the time. And they're not hearing things all the time either. So you need to be very careful about that. Um, and by um, ministries that focus on the prophetic, I'm not talking about um, someone who's their specialty is end-time events, like Perry Stone or Jack Van Impey. That's what they, that's their calling. They study that in the Bible. That's their, they do a lot of research. I'm not talking about that in prophecy. I'm talking about, I just heard, I just heard, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to quit your job and start a new one tomorrow. I just heard, you know, you're supposed to dye your hair red. I just heard, I just heard, you're supposed to divorce BJ. <laughs> that's, 
that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that always are hearing things. And did everything I say was pretty squirrely, right? But that's what people do. People do that. And one of the most famous ones is, I just heard you're supposed to sign your house over to me. Now you laugh, but it's done. And people are gullible, and they do it, and they're devastated. <clears throat> Be careful of fads led by leaders who are young and unproven. If you have someone that's 30 years old, and they're, they're in charge of a worldwide ministry, and they're calling themselves a prophet, there's going to be problems ahead. Um, they may be a call of the Lord. They may be sincere. But to have that kind of uh, saying that, that you are a prophet at that age and um, being in charge of that, a worldwide ministry or whatever, is only going to lead to a problem. So be careful of, you know, people that there's fads that go on, you know, this leader and that leader, and especially ones that are very young and unproven. Watch out for those who place unreasonable, unreasonable demands on you and to try to manipulate and control your money, your time, or your affection. <clears throat> Manipulation is one of the symptoms of perverted Christian leadership. And you have to be very careful that you're not manipulated. And there's a lot of ways that you can be manipulated. You can be manipulated by people lavishing praise and, and gifts on you. You can be manipulated by being criticized publicly. Um, you can be manipulated by the spiritual leader making you feel like you're not following the Lord. And one thing that uh, manipulation will do is try to control you. Um, like with, with, say, a church. You should not be at church every night of the week. Uh, um, a ministry that would try to get you to be at church every night of the week is just trying to manipulate you and control your time. That's one of the reasons that we switched a higher standard to Wednesday night is because you shouldn't be doing a church function or a ministry function every single night of the week or too often. You need to be home with your families, you know, making sure that your marriage good, is good, you know, having a good relationship with your kids. Um, <clears throat> Uh, let me use an example. Um, can I use you too? You, you can stay there. Um, let me see. Um, you are such a wonderful... Um, you are such a wonderful uh, nursery worker. You are the best nursery worker there is. You serve every Sunday and every Wednesday night. You are so good. There are some people in here that have not volunteered for anything. <laughs> Unlike Rebecca Lawson, who serves until she's about ready to break because there's other people in here that refuse to serve. Some people with pink shirts... <laughs> and cute curly hair refuse to serve in this church. Now you laugh, but that is done, okay? So I want you to recognize things like that and be aware. Um, there's, there's, there are good ways to try to get volunteers or to try to encourage church attendance or whatever, but don't be manipulated by unspiritual or unhealthy leaders. And we strive, we've seen it, 
we have seen it so much that we strive our best not to do anything like that. Um, guard yourself against having ministry activities such as worship, prayer, praying for the sick, or even helping the poor become more important than the Lord. And people who really love the Lord and really serve, love to serve the Lord are very prone to doing this. They get so busy with ministry activities that the ministry activity itself takes the place of their relationship with the Lord. Um, stay away from any ministry that promises specific things if you give to their ministry. Has anybody heard anything like this before? Can you give me an example? Oh, good. If you help them get their Cadillac, you'll get one. Okay. Anybody else? If you buy the prayer cloth, you'll receive tenfold. Anybody else? Well, let me give you some examples. Your debts are canceled. If you give into this offering, you'll find a spouse. Your kids will be restored. Infertility will be healed. You'll get a new job. Um, we've heard there's one lady, I don't know if she's doing it anymore, but she'd open up the Bible and she'd say, Job 23:23. if you give $23.23, you know, whatever Job 23:23 said is going to happen to you. I mean, that's just nuts. That's absolutely nuts, but people believe it by the droves. So you need to be careful about that. These people, you have to realize that these people are manipulating weak people who have a real need in their life with empty promises. Also watch out for kind time constraints on your giving. Like if you give today, or if you give by five o'clock today, some supernatural thing is gonna happen to you. Now there's nothing wrong with, you know, Say we, were, say we were in Louisiana right now. We were a church in Louisiana. And, you know, everybody's lost their jobs. There wouldn't be anything wrong with a pastor getting up and saying, you know, we can't pay the mortgage. You know, if you can contribute, you know, please do. That's one thing, but making promises to the congregation about something that's going to happen outside of the word of God is just uh, wrong. Um, stay away from prayer meetings with people involved. Stay away from prayer meetings with people who are involved or led by people who are not committed to or serving in the local church or submitted to a pastor. Be aware of ministries who leave holiness in the effort to win the lost. It never produces long-term fruit. Um, people who decide, well, we're going to have a wine tasting party at the church tonight to bring in the lost. People do that. People come, people join the church, but it doesn't have long-term results. It doesn't produce good fruit for the kingdom of God. Um, uh, be very watchful when you hear a te uh, teaching or uh, words that people have, does it really line up with the Bible? And to do that, you're going to have to know the Bible yourself. Um, I heard one guy say one time that Adam and Eve were born with wings, or that God created them with wings. And if I said your name, everybody in here would, if I said his name, everybody in here would know who he is. 
Fisk's totally nuts. People, people think he's, he's just the best thing since sliced bread. One thing that makes you look like a spiritual squirrel is forward, forwarding emails that are not true. If you send an email out that, you know, President Obama just, you know, is Satan, you know, I don't know that there is one, but uh, President Obama just, um, okay, President Obama just made all churches illegal in the United States. Okay, that's not one that's been sent. Okay, I'm making that up. And Christians, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm going to forward this to everybody I know. Everybody I know, I'm going to forward it to. And so they're making fools out of themselves. Okay, when you get an email, what you need to do, instead of sending goofy stuff around, you need to see if it's true or not. And there's two websites you can go to. One is www.snopes.com. And the other one is www.urbanlegends.about.com. And they will tell you, you know, you pull it up and it'll say true or false. <clears throat> and it'll give an explanation of it. And you'll, you know, I'll check some of them out. They'll say, this started in 2006, you know, as a hoax, you know. <laughs> and people think it just happened today. You know, and oh my gosh, I gotta let everybody know. But what you're doing is you're saying that you're squirrely and you're goofy. Okay, so you need to be careful what you're forwarding. <clears throat> be aware of the end of the world doom and gloomers. The Bible tells us to fear not, not to be afraid. Okay? The rapture's gonna happen, things are gonna happen in the world. In the United States, we live basically on a cream puff here compared to what is happening in the other countries of the world. So, you know, right now we have it so good. Um, and people that are, are telling you that the whole world is going to collapse tomorrow or the end of the world is going to come and you need to buy a gun and blah, 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 blah. If you're going to do something like that, if you're going to buy a gun, if you're going to hoard gold, if you're going to buy 10,000 ready-to-eat meals to store in your basement, you need to do it with wisdom and with the direction of God. You don't need to do it because you're afraid, and you need, don't need to do it because some squirrel pressured you into it, okay, and made you feel fearful or made you feel stupid because you didn't. You don't need to walk in fear. You need to walk in wisdom, but not in fear. <clears throat> okay, you need to consider what a ministry does to get a crowd, um, these are some examples of things that we've seen. <clears throat> One church here in St. Louis advertised a Saturday seminar for men called Pancakes and Porno. And the women had one called Pastries and Porno. Now, I'm sure that the seminar, or I, you know, I pretty well guarantee it to you that the seminars were probably on how to avoid it, how to stay away from it, you know. But the advertising of it is, um, is not a good way to get people into your church. Stay away from dream interpretation seminars. And that's a church right here that everybody would know the name of it had one. 
<clears throat> I don't know about you, but almost all my dreams are really goofy. <laughs> There's things, <laughs> thoughts coming in from, and if somebody tried to interpret them, they would definitely come up with something bizarre. Be aware of people that use uh, vulgarity to get people to church. And Murphy, which is right here between Fenton and High Ridge, um, a church put up a great big poster, and it said, what's missing? And it said the, in parentheses, F word. Now, the only thing that people are going to think of when you say the F word is the F word. And what they were trying to say is what's missing? Family. But what it did, you know, what everybody thought, they weren't thinking of family. They were thinking that word. That is what word they meant to come into your head. And that is, a, that is not a good way to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. A church in St. Louis has used a beer, beer to get people into church. They open their church in a brewery, um, and they serve beer. Um, things, just trying to be worldly to draw people to the kingdom of God. Now, the Bible talks about um, things that we can do, like, like the Apostle, Apostle Paul he tried to learn everything he could about the culture and tried to identify with the people and tried to like eat what they ate and stuff like that, but he didn't become a sinner to attract people. Okay, having said all that, um, tell me what you think of this that was taking off, taken off of a popular prophetic website's front page, and you be the judge. It's talking about, about a certain person had some awesome encounters in the library room of heaven and heard new sounds being released. We've been hearing prophetic chatter about this very thing of a new sound from heaven coming, just like Pentecost. God designed sound, sound to be a powerful stimulant to us. It feeds our spirit, soul, and body in many ways. Now, what do you all think about that? Mm-hmm. When people start talking about prophetic chatter or the library room of heaven. <laughs> anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to quickly read a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> this is from the Message Bible, so we don't have it on the screen. It's 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. It says, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are coming, going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust, and allergic to God. Now, that sounds pretty bad. Now, wait till you hear the next sentence. They'll make a show of religion. So these people are in a church. Okay? But behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. These are the kind of people who smooth talk themselves into the homes of unstable and needy women. The other versions say silly or foolish women. And take advantage of them. Women who, depressed by their sinfulness, Take up with every new religious fad that calls itself truth. It says a lot, doesn't it? And um, 
So we need to really, really watch our doctrine. We need to come up to a higher standard. We can live above all that. And when we stick with the Bible, when we stick with the Word of God, people will see the stability in our life. They'll see that our life is full of, full of life. <laughs> our life is full of life. And it'll make a difference. And that will be the light of the world. And we will draw people to us and be able to share the gospel with them, and it'll be effective. So I have a couple other scriptures, but I've run out of time. So I will include them um, when I send out the newsletter. Um, but what I'd like to do now is pray. If everybody can stand up. <clears throat> and what I'm going to pray is right out of Ephesians. It's Ephesians, the third chapter. Okay, let's, let's close our eyes and, and pray. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, be, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And I'm trusting God for that for all of you. Amen. Well, you can be seated in a smoking cessation program. Um, these types of things. If, if you have high blood pressure, you have to prove that um, you're um, having it monitored and taking medications to keep it down. That type, you know, that type of thing. So it's all preventative, but it's all good for us anyway. So what I'm going to talk about is um, the benefits of getting hot and sweaty. And nobody likes to get hot and sweaty, but do you? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> But well, maybe, maybe after today, you know, I can shed the light on some things and kind of motivate everybody here, you know, to be more preventative and to take, take um, authority over the, or not authority, but what's the word? Take um, discipline, yeah, over their, over their health care. So what I want to do is I want to kind of go and start with the history of, um, you know, uh, of our lifestyles. Um, years ago, um, you know, we didn't have gyms. We didn't have to have these preventative maintenance because we were very, very active. You know, we walked everywhere. You know, we didn't have cars. We had to build our homes. We had to till the lands. We had to, um, uh, you know, plant and, you know, barter with, you know, neighbors just to get by. You know, we were, and, and not, and then the health, the, the, the health foods. You know, everything was healthy back then. We really didn't have, um, you know, a lot of the preservatives and, and the um, things that are in foods today. Um, so a long time ago, you know, we were real busy. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> and then by the end of the 19th century, um, we start getting into the industrial society where um, we have the creation of automobiles and factories and <clears throat> 
Um, we have start, we're beginning to have mass production of different things. I mean, we have uh, mass production of clothes at the end of, you know, the 19th century, which was just profound. Um, and things were becoming just a little bit more convenient for us and time-saving, time-saving. Um, and by the end of the 20th century, um, and that's just 100 years, um, we're now in this what we call a microwave lifestyle. You know, everything is fast. Everything is fast. Everything, we have fast food, we have fast travel. Nobody wants to wait for anything. Nobody wants to work at anything. Everybody wants things simple and, you know, and given to them. And um, we have a lot of, uh, and a lot of single parent families um, where, you know, they have to work as the mother and the father. I mean, so there's not a lot of time, you know, to, um, to, to stay healthy. And so we just like everything fast. So go ahead. So, you know, if we could, we'd have drive-through dentistry. <laughs> you know, come on, make it fast. I even heard that they had drive-through communion, you know, down in Florida. You know, now come on, if you don't have time for God, you know, for crying out loud, where are we going in this society? Um, so anyway, what this does is this leads to a particular syndrome called the fine syndrome. And the fine syndrome is when people come up and ask you, how are you doing? I'm fine. Well, what does it mean? It means we're freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. You know? <laughs> so, you know, all this extra time that we have that, we're, that we've been given, you know, that's supposed to make our lives much more manageable has really just, we find we're going faster and faster and faster and we're living in a world today where we need 26 hours for a 24-hour day, and the word says that the days are gonna get shorter. Well, are they gonna get shorter? No. What I, what I interpret it as is we're going to get busier. We're not gonna have time for the things of God. We're not gonna have time for us. We're not gonna have time for family. And we're gonna have all these contractions, which are great, but they're gonna take away from you know, what really counts, and that's time for me, time for my family, the basics. So treating fine, there's several ways of treating fine. Um, you can limit your sugar intake. You can um, decrease or stop your alcohol if you have a problem with it. Stop smoking. You want to eat the right foods. Um, drink lots of water. You know, and for me, cut out coffee. Well, yeah, right. That's, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, increase your vegetables. Eliminate responsibility in life. Yeah, I mean, right, yada, yada, yada. Well, these things take a long time to really, you have to have a lot of discipline to even start to benefit from feeling these cutbacks. And these cutbacks are gonna be a sacrifice that you're gonna feel but not have the benefits of. So what we need to do, uh, go ahead. <clears throat> According to the Mayo Clinic, um, and I just read this, that a brisk walk after a stressful day can alleviate your a high blood pressure, can help a headache, can um, uh, decrease irritability, it promotes a better night's sleep, and an improved sense of well-being. Now that's immediate. You get out and you just take a walk after having a stressful day, you get into it with your, with your child, you get into it with your husband, you know, Go out and take a walk. Blow that steam off rather than let that just, you know, simmer inside of you. You know, but regardless of the reason why you exercise, 
find your own reason. I don't know if y'all can read that. It says, <laughs> okay, what fits your busy schedule better? Exercising one hour a day or being dead 24 hours a day? <laughs> so, huh? Yeah, it gives you more time. So, what I really want to go over is, you know, some t the top 10 reasons to exercise. Number 10, so this is like the, you know, the, the Letterman, David Letterman top 10, <laughs> drum roll. The top 10, the t number 10 is increased stamina and strength. Who doesn't need that? I mean, if you can do that, you're doing good. <laughs> okay, nine, decreased depression. This is huge. That is really huge. Um, endorphins which is the feel-good hormones are produced and increased with exercise. I can tell you, working in an emergency room, how many people I see that are on Prozac, Elevil, that are on antidepressants, that are angry, that wake up with anxiety in the middle of the night. And I ask them, well, do you, ha do you have an exercise program? Do you have, an, or do you have a relationship with God? And 99% of them are no. And I read, and I can't remember where I read it, but um, that 80% 80, 80 of people that are on antidepressants, if they would incorporate a regular exercise program into their life, can eliminate um, the antidepressants. Because these endorphins are just, they're, they're, they're fantastic. You go out and you walk, just like the Mayo Clinic said, you're gonna feel good immediately. You're gonna feel good about yourself. And a lot of people that are depressed don't feel good about themselves. I mean, it's all that turned inward. You get out and you start feeling good about yourself, there's going to be hope. Uh, eight, you just sleep better. <laughs> you have decreased stre levels, uh, stress levels. And I can tell you that is my reason. Uh, that right there is the stress levels. My job, um, since I've been nursing, has been critical care, flight nursing, and now emergency room nursing. And last night was just off the wall bonkers. And I get home and my stress levels are so high, Becca can tell you, I don't have it to give. I mean, if my family needs something, I don't have it. So I have to go and I have to make sure that I exercise so that I can get rid of that, get rid of that stuff on the inside. Um, number seven, it decreases breast cancer by 60%. That's huge. If you exercise, um, estradiol and progesterone are decreased in the, in the body by exercise. And we're seeing more and more um, breast cancer these days. Granted, it's treatable. It's, 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 it's a very um, uh, prognostic, you know, cancer. I mean, you, you, people live, you know, years and years and years after being diagnosed. But you, can, you can eliminate that by 60% just by taking on a uh, an exercise program. Okay. Um, you can eliminate, uh, decrease osteoporosis. You can even reverse it. Because when you exercise, your body is absorbing the, the calcium and it's going back in the bones. And I've seen bone, I've seen at the hospital, I've seen these little women, you know, you pull up and snap, you know, you snap their, you know, their, their humerus because they have osteoporosis. But I've also seen x-rays where you have a before and after, you know, before exercise program and after exercise program, you can see a difference in the bone density. I mean, it's great, okay? A decreased level of heart attack. I looked for the percentage. Um, I know it's out there, but I don't know by how much, but it's huge. It's, it's a lot, and I didn't, so I didn't want to give you something that I really didn't know. 
um, increased mental focus and you have a better chance at avoiding, avoiding dementia and Alzheimer's because your mind is more revived, you get rid of all those toxins, your body is cleared from you know, the sweating and the exercise and the stress. Um, increased self-esteem. <laughs> you feel better. I mean, you, you go out and you do it once, you feel better. I mean, it's a love-hate thing. I told Becca, um, two years ago, um, I tried my hand at running, and I, I hate running. I really, really don't like it. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it for six weeks. I'm going to see if I can get up to two miles. I'll make my decision. You know, if I can do two miles, then I'll, I'll decide. I loved it after I, after I exercised, after I ran, but I hated it the whole time. And I'm, I'm telling myself, I don't know why I'm doing this. I hate this. Uh, uh. <laughs> and I probably should have told myself I love this <laughs> and tried to change my mind. But you know what? There's so many other things that you can do. So me and, me and running don't, don't like each other, but I felt good after it. So you really feel better. You have just increased energy. Um, initially, um, it, it really, um, when you first start an exercise program, um, it really takes some dedication. Um, give it three weeks. After three weeks, you really start getting in a groove and you really start feeling good and you really start seeing changes in your body and weight loss and your clothes start fitting better and you start getting pumped. And like, yeah, this is good. This is good. But the number one reason that we should do it is because God told us to. And Pastor Diane had a great scripture. What was it? it was the last scripture. It was like Corinthians, that we are not our own. We were bought for a price. And we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. Do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in us? The temple of God is holy, which we are. Go ahead. God created us to be active. God created us to have a job and to do things. He did not create us to sit on a couch with, a, you know, eating bonbons and watching TV or, you know, like our patient here, Summers, June Summers, you know, walking from the refrigerator to the couch, from the bathroom to the, to the, to the office. He wants us to be physical. He gave Adam and Eve the garden to tend, which was physical labor. He wants us to keep busy. Paul says that we should discipline our bodies and to bring our bodies into submission. We have to get rid of the flesh. We have to get rid of that desire to feed our flesh when we know it's wrong. Um, when we go back for that third piece of pie, you know, and something on the inside of us is saying, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this but I'm going to do it anyway, because then you feel bad, you know, because you do it. Um, uh, and we have to be ready. We have to be ready. You guys, we're living at the end times. The, we're, we're in the end days, and God has a big job for each of us. He selected each of us to be here right now, and we're going to get busier. I mean, the harvest is great, and if we have a hard time breathing, getting from, you know, the, um, the car to the front door. How are we going to present ourselves to other people? How are we going to go out and witness without getting winded? How are we going to present ourselves as um, holy and owned by God? Um, so we really have to take responsibility. I mean, and that, that's, for, that, and that's me. You know, I have to, um, I have to, uh, I work these weird hours, 
And um, again, you know, Becca is a big motivator for me, but I have to make time. But because I make time, I find that I really enjoy it. And when I don't, then I can feel the stress start rising. When you get rid of that stress in you, when you find that peace that's within, that's within you, you'll do anything to keep it. You know, you'll go to any length to keep that peace. And, you know, the Bible says pursue peace, pursue it. That's, an, that's a verb. Pursue is a verb. It's an action verb. That we have to, we have to make that happen. It's just not going to come. We have to pursue peace. And if that means getting rid of that stress that's in you, getting rid of the day, getting rid of the headache and the irritability, all that steals our peace. And we have to, you know, um, have that peace. I have to have that peace in me. Let's see, where am I? Okay, go ahead. So what, are the, what, what, what kind of things can we do? Um, anything, any physical activity at all. It doesn't matter. You know, um, just as long as, you know, get your heart rate up. Um, get off the couch. Go for a walk. Um, do jumping jacks during commercials. You know, push your, your grandkids or your kids or your friend on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Take your dog for a walk. Your dog would love to go for a walk. My dog goes nuts when we get the, when we get the leashes out. I mean, she can hardly sit still enough to, to you know, put the leash on her. And then she's grabbing it, wanting to, wanting to walk herself. <laughs> I go, get back here. You're not going without me. Anything, anything. Go ahead. One thing I do want to say is um, I want to kind of throw in a target heart rate. When you exercise, to get the most out of your exercise, the American Heart Association says that it really needs to be done for um, 20 minutes, get that heart rate up for 20 minutes. Um, they're saying now an hour a day. I find that that's a little improbable. I mean, that's a lot. If you can do it, tw I, my goal is 20 minutes three times a week. Um, and usually if I'm, if by the time it's 20 minutes, I'm, I'm going good, I'll go for another 10. But this is just a target heart rate, and you can kind of see, okay, I'm pushing, um, I, I usually push for about 170. So what you do is when you're walking, um, you know, you take, your, you take your pulse, you can take it right here on the side of your neck, and what I do is 10 seconds and then add a zero. And that is, that's, that's your target heart rate. Um, your base heart rate is when you first get up in the morning. I'm, I'm about a minute after you first get up, that's your base heart rate. And then there, there's calculations, and that's a whole other, I mean, I, I thought I only had like 10 minutes, so I really didn't want to get into it a whole lot. But if you guys want this, you can, you can Google it and, and pull it up to see what your particular target heart rate would be. Um, and then you want, you want to be at that target heart rate for 20 minutes. Okay. Before you start any workout program, consult a physician. And it says here, the only diet shake I recommend is the shake your booty makes when you exercise. <laughs> so, you know, consult your physician. You know, if you haven't been to a physician in a while, you know, go and make sure. And he can kind of give you your target heart rate and what he would have you do. They are so encouraging. They will answer any questions you have because they're so pro-health as well. You know, they really want you to... Um, you know, get out there and really start take authority over, um, over your health. And so they'll work with you. Um, okay. But when you do, keep it fun. 
you know, keep it fun. That's going to keep you into it. You know, go for a walk. You know, go to the mall. You have all these mall walkers. You know, if you go in the morning, you see all the same people. You know, that these people are, hi, George. Hi, Tim. Uh -huh. You know, when they're walking by and everybody, they're just walking. I mean, these mall walkers, they walk up the stairs and they got their little headbands on. They're going to town. Um, but find someone to exercise with. I mean, because there's an accountability. And I know that a lot of you um, do. I was talking to Lori. I mean, she's working out with a, with a girl. And they get together and they, they, you know, have accountability with each other. You know, hey, you want to go? Yeah, let's go. But keep it fun, okay? And dance like nobody's watching. <laughs> I figured you'd like that. And that's it. So, any questions? But anyway, this is from the American Heart Association. It says 60 minutes a day, either do it 20 minutes at increments or the whole time. I think you know that you know 60 minutes a day is a lot. They were saying they were saying about an hour a week, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes three times a week was a while ago. They've probably gone up on that. But anything, you know, uh, parking at the back of the parking lot and walking, you know, anything that's going to increase you know your activity. Oh. <laughs> go back to the cat slide. Can you go back? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also have a handout, and I got, I, I totally forgot about it, but <clears throat> I've got, those are the top 10, but I've got 50 more. Um, let me just read you a couple of them, just real quick. Um, you have improved digestion. It adds a sparkle and radiance to your complexion. Um, <clears throat> it, proved, it improves your body shape, makes you limber. It burns calories, um, makes you more agile. I mean, just improves the glycogen storage. So, you know, your, your um, sugars drop, strengthens the heart, increases blood flow, calcium transport, you know, for bones. Um, and, you know, just everything. I mean, it's just, it's just great. There's nothing wrong with it. So, but, you know, consult a physician first if you haven't seen a physician in a while. Wonderful. Okay. That All was right. Great. Thank okay, you. thank you.